0: This week's episode of Meet the Brave is sponsored by Casey's Barbecue. Casey's Barbecue of Berkeley, California is proud to announce that they'll be back in full effect. Some of our local listeners know that Casey's was closed down after a kitchen fire destroyed over 75% of its old location. But with the help of the community that it's been serving for over 50 years, they're proud to announce that they'll be back. New location, new address is 1235 San Pablo Avenue in Berkeley, California. That's 1235 San Pablo Avenue in Berkeley, California. I myself used to work there and can honestly say the Davis family, Pat and Kristen have done so much for me and I'm grateful and glad to have witnessed such an historic moment. A lot of the community came out to support. Follow them on Instagram at Casey's Barbecue, and look out for the announcement for the grand opening. May 1st, but for now, let's get into it. the brave podcast with you know with monty draper uh thank y'all for returning to another week a lot of a lot of great things um to to dive into but you know the monologue is is my uh my 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 form of therapy week to week i'm really really grateful i can't uh i can't dwell on that enough you know just what the the consistent like expression with that's not tied to uh, a creative partner creative collective um uh particular infrastructure you know this is this is this is my bag it's my my thing so you guys get a lot of pure um ideas thoughts and conversation, and you hear it in the in the episodes this is a really special episode to me too uh all pun intended my girl's special. Um, from KML, we, um, pretty brief history. Her and I met, I believe the first time was at our uh, DJ Flo and I's release for Rock, um, back in November. And we had a release party at the Uptown in Oakland, California. And it was amazing in terms of like putting that many people in a room with a project that meant as much as that did. Uh, Those that aren't familiar with Rock, uh, teamed up with DJ Flow exactly a year ago. Like right, like right around now, last year he and I were introduced by the homie Miles Dotson. Um, shout out to Miles too. Uh, that's that's my dog. Um, they've act- they actually got some sick shit coming, so be on the lookout for that. But uh, DJ Flow and I were introduced a year ago, and it wasn't long before he and I were on the road together with some great friends shout out to Danielle who was super instrumental in making so many things happen for us and and still like one of my biggest inspirations uh creatively and just in terms of what she's doing to actively give back to the community of Richmond like it's beautiful so Danielle we love you thank you for everything um Ethan Machel was our guitar player and just like like overall sort of just like <laughs> just the the wizard in terms of figuring out like designs and drawings and how to package things, and so he came up with the the design for our seven inch record um that we released but um while we were on the road, there was so much downtime and between shows we we recorded an entire album before we knew it we that's what we had at least and that and that process was really special because. In each city we stopped in, we recorded a song. So whether it be Amsterdam, Brighton, London, uh, Berlin, uh, Cincinnati, Chicago, uh, Portland, like wherever we stopped, we, we made it a point to, to make some music. And that was a really special time, especially going out of the country because it was my first time. So we did that. And we get to get time to do the release party and we're just we're, we're racking our brains in terms of press and like who we should reach out to and 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 Flo brings up this 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 lady that he you know he was rocking with back in the college radio days and I just wasn't you know not aware not not super tapped in and the second he said her name started seeing her name pop up everywhere but it was like fascinating because of all of the different interviews that she was doing incredible super incredible so and that was special and she has a special delivery podcast, and she has her own uh, late show on KML as well, too. So it, she's just an incredible, an incredible lady with an incredible story, and one of my favorite, and has literally become one of my favorite people as we've gotten to build and and just trade ideas. And I just like to like to see where she's at um, with the music because she's t- she's dialed in in a different way because of being a cameo which is an iHeart run station she has to be on top of like what the mainstream stuff is but how much she has her finger on the pulse of what's happening everywhere else is like fascinating to me because I know um how much work that takes and so as a um as an as an artist that is working to be heard she did a really amazing job at making flow and I feel heard so special tiff thank you so much for all that you do for all of the artists because I see you making it a point to make everyone show and show support and really do um do that do that that groundwork that reminds me of like the the 90s where where radio personalities and DJs were out rubbing shoulders with the artists and, it, and you felt one because you're an art like they're artists too so its and to have that healthy relationship is is very important because there's so much to be done together. And uh, I think that's really why her and I bond so much and she's just got an incredible story which you guys will hear. But let's talk. Let's let's get into the craziness that has been going on on our side, man. We actually kicked off these these dates that we were able to sort of package as a tour, which is which is dope to be able to do on our, on your own accord and and I can't reiterate. I think I say it a lot on stage, but I, I and and I know he gets annoyed because he don't like extra shine. But you gotta acknowledge your folks, man. Like in real time, because that shit like you just never know. Like ain't, there's nothing promised to it. So I, I my thing is the people that mean the world to me. I don't want them. I don't want there to be a second uh or any window of doubt of how much they mean to me and how grateful I am so DJ flow and everything that he has afforded me to do you know and opening up his network and his group of friends and the people that he's built with like it's not easy to build that network to be to to go that far and so we started doing these shows and And we kicked it off in New York. We were in Brooklyn this past week um, doing the Beat Society. Beat Society, shout out to them. uh, Hez, Hezekiah, and Sayo, man, like thank y'all for just being incredible. Um, Big homie Slop, Funked Us um, from Florida by way of so many different places, but Seattle is where he's residing now, but he's such a, I introduced him to my family at the the Brooklyn or no, excuse me, the the Rock and Soul in store, and was like, "Yo, this is my spirit animal." Like, cause he just, just like how much he loves hip hop is, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's inspiring because, especially when you're, when you're as talented as he is, you feel me? Like, I think, I think there is, um. And rightfully so. The, the there's a lot of like, like, think about it like sports. Like, who, how many incredibly talented, hoopers we know that only played at the blacktop or only played at the park, but just didn't get their look in the league for whatever reason. Like, it, it, it varies. There's never any one clear specific reason. Um, and 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 slop. For like, I get that vibe from because he's incredible. Like, the scent from the samples he picks and how he decides to chop them and flip them and but how easy it is i think that's the thing i responded to the most he's just like yeah i just did this and just kind of just shrugs and and, but then i think a real true testament of someone's character is how well they're respected across the board and now i've been in two separate completely different like la and new york you know uh, (laughs) two different time zones And everybody's like, "Nah, that's my big homie." Like, and then I'll, I'll, but I'll post a picture with slop and then be like, "Yo, tell, tell big homie, I said was good." And like, salute, like everyone fucks with him. And so, such an honor to share uh, close quarters and pick his brain as much as I got to this weekend. And he probably don't even realize that I was. That's what I was doing. It's just like something about it, man. It's infectious. Like you got it when you're around. When you're around that, you gotta soak that up, or that's on you if you don't. And um. Also, the big homie Antrix from Battle Ave. Like, I can't, I can't, um, I can't state it enough, like, what he does for us and what he does for so many people. And he, he also isn't one of those people to take credit, but got to start giving motherfuckers their credit and giving them their due. Uh, so, but yeah, but Beat Society, New York, was amazing. Got to see a bunch of family and a bunch of friends that are back east, too. Laura Finesse, uh oh, Sean Jay, damn, man, ah fucking tall black guy murdered like i I hopefully hopefully some of you have been following and you can go and check the battle life page check the beat society page and hear his remix to flavor in your ear and it was it was really dope that they chose those chose that song that uh those vocals to remix uh to show honor and pay respects to craig mack um uh, rest in peace that was really special but his remix to flavor in your ear was incredible uh, Trox from Portland, um, came and showed out, man, and really, really repped. You came in a sample round, and I was just like, yo, I, I made this a few minutes ago, and, and it was, like, it was, it was damn near overwhelming. The Death Squad camp was in the building, and, you know, I, and just on some, you know, just someone who's dedicated their, their entire life to, to, to this specific, uh, style of music, like, and as I have, thanks to my parents, like, it was a, it was there were moments that night where i was having to like keep my shit together cuz you know you got to have that rapper cool you know you got to be <laughs> you can't be too uh too over anxious and like excited to meet people and and then and then to be in brooklyn too like i think that was something else that was operating it's like you dream of you dream of touching that stage and and that shit still exists to this day and so it was just a special moment special night Incredible night! I'm really happy for Beat Society and what they're gonna be able to do um, from here out. In terms, from here on out, in terms of relaunching, it was a special, special night. And then uh, the following day, we played. Uh, we just did a you know. We we wanted to bring what we do there, and so we hosted an at the Ave sort of evening afternoon at uh, Rock and Soul Records in Manhattan uh, with the big homie uh, DJ XS. Uh, Nick Neutrons, uh, Slop Funked us. It was it was and it was amazing. And we had to catch our flight hella fast and New York traffic is sick. And we were we were in Manhattan and so we did our set and like had our luggage behind the counter at the record store, took pictures and then just dipped and tried to make it to our plane and we're rushing. It was it was crazy. Um and then flew we landed back in the bay at two AM And then woke up to be at soundcheck for Hip Hop in the Park in Berkeley, and I felt like I felt nuts because I like even when I got home I still didn't really sleep like did did laundry and shit and and like was wired and made it to soundcheck on time and did that set but we got to Hip Hop in the Park and that was still riding that high being in New York but the love that showed up in Berkeley at Hip Hop in the Park for the twenty second annual man was special and i was the love that showed up was like wild overwhelming and i got to meet fucking one below man like y'all don't even know what that meant like that shit was incredible but i think the most impressive part about him was just how much love he was showing how how willing he was to have a conversation but to see that one man show with the npc he had dj 12s with him too and they were they were doing their thing but he was he was conducting on the MPC and that shit was beautiful to see especially someone that like clearly was born to rap and one was clearly born to rap and I just kind of stood in front of the stage like a little kid and was like mesmerized shit was amazing and we got the and we actually rocked with uh with the band that day too's uh Mike Reed from Secret Sidewalk shout out to my Secret Sidewalk brothers they they uh they performed at MUTEK this week and uh Nate Pedley on the bass and Miss Kate Lamont on the keys and they're like all three of those people are like superhuman to me. Just like incredible musicians and I'm always like hella geek to rock with them. So I'm glad I got to do that and, and we will kind of keep that energy going because we're all not all of us, but uh, F- Flo, uh, Kate and, and the big homie Dev, we're all getting to go to Toronto to play uh, this week. So I'm just glad I got to catch everybody up, man. And but for now, let's let's uh, let's get into this. Let's get back to the conversation with my guest, my girl Tiff, special from Cameo.
1: Yes. See? you
0: get the noise Live. that's a that's a good that's a good symbol of how this is gonna go yes um we have special and i call her special because that's what i know her as and then every time i introduce you is that people are like her name is not really special I'm like no it's tiffany <laughs> these are facts
2: super but
0: facts we have tiffany in the building today tiff what's your last Hi. name
2: Oh, goodness. Do
0: we have to say it? We well, you know, mean, we have to.
2: Since you asked, Thank I'll you. tell you. Thank you. But uh, it's Lintner. Littner. And the crazy thing is, is I've just started getting comfortable with, like, my government name. I used to hide it forever. Didn't
0: we all? I went yeah. through that. I went yeah. through that. I didn't. Something about Armani and saying Armani Jackson was so, I don't know. But yeah. then I met a foreign exchange student in college and was wow. But like he went. Do you know what it means? Like he like he like grabbed me by my mm-hmm. shirt. <laughs> I was like, Do you know what it means? Um And I was like, Yeah, I, I, I have an idea. And he was like, No, nah, you need to know. And once he explained it, I was like, Damn. Now mm. I'm like real proud of it. Nice. But I'd already had the rap name. Yeah. And then so. <laughs> <laughs> but that's. This is about you. This isn't about me.
2: But that's the thing. Is like I I listen to these podcasts and I want to hear about you. So I'm gonna hold back as much you, as I can about. Referring was, the question. Was that today back to you? or
0: yesterday you hit me with, like, yes, you have to do an episode about you? And yes. I was like, that's such a great idea. Yes. And I honestly hadn't even considered it for a second. Um, and I think it's only right to yeah. have, you know, because of what the you know the format is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But we'll get there. Yes. Because I've had a run of awesome guests, mm-hmm. and, and that's continued with you. Thank you. So thank you. And my knowledge of you is just college radio to now oh, okay nothing before oh, so i we didn't got know a...
2: that you knew the college radio that's interesting well
0: i'm again i'm a snob about a lot of things mm-hmm. <laughs> radio and music obviously being one and it was right when i was trying to figure out uh just reach mm-hmm. in terms of uh, you know how music goes and all that stuff and what somebody suggested was like yo look into all the college radio yep. that had that actually um has some influence um on their station in terms of what they play yeah uh and the and my sister was at sex State too oh, don't. and so that is where that sort of started. and I guess do you know her room her neighbor was Blue's uh sister
2: oh my goodness yeah
0: and so my sister would be like yeah we're going to this show this show and i and and I was like, damn, Sac is, like, low-key the spot for man. some really sick artists. Yeah. So that is how I know. Long story short. Gotcha. But take me back. Um, where, where are you originally from?
2: Uh, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> the problem is I knew you were going to ask that. I still wasn't prepared. Oh, man. Um, basically from here. I was born in Oakland, raised all over the East Bay, San Lorenzo, Hayward, San Leandro, parts of San Ramon even. Yeah. Um so yeah, spent most of my time here, then moved up to Sacramento, actually Elk Grove, for high school and then came right back.
0: Damn. So that's uh that when you I guess when you meet a lot of people, the 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 broad how broad the bay is and what we consider the bay, mm-hmm. um and getting to experience it, the the different sort of subsectors um, how did that, how do you feel that shape, shaped you, you, you think, if at all?
2: No, super much. Yeah. Like, like, it's hard now because when you think about people who say, like, oh, I don't see color, mm-hmm. like, that's a negative thing. And I yeah, completely yeah, understand yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But 20 years ago, that was really a real phrase that meant something completely different. Absolutely. When you're raised in diverse populations, mm-hmm. you just see people for people
1: absolutely and
2: so even in sacramento here i always had like diverse friendships and Mm -hmm. i just knew all kinds of people and that was always super cool to me like i loved going to my friend who's indians weddings and birthday parties and i love going to my friends who are nigerians weddings and birthday parties and stuff like that so i think the diversity of the bay area and sacramento just really shaped who i am
0: absolutely Oh, see that and that's it's crazy because when I was leaving for school, someone said the same thing, like, hey, you're going to experience culture shock. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm from the Bay. It's, it's hella diverse. Like, I've experienced a lot of different cultures. I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't all right. Because, like, the, the extreme of going from, like, a melting pot to the whitest place on earth being Ashland, Oregon, bro, like, is culture shock for real. Mm-hmm. Um, and that... You know, it's fascinating that you brought up the whole "I don't see color" thing, and because that—that is—that is a real thing. Like, in in the day in a day and age where terms and language is changing in real time, yes. and we're having to redefine things on the fly and relearn things. Like, it's mm-hmm. a—it's fascinating. Um, uh, the Joe Rogan podcast—they were talking about the R word, and I was lost. I was like, "What's the R word?" Yeah, like, I'm like, <laughs> I was like, "What is the R word?" Oh. And, retarded okay yeah yeah no and how freely we Mm -hmm. used to use that when we were younger yes and not even considering like how painful Mm -hmm. that was like not even for a second um and then and then it just clicks when someone explains it or they point out someone you may you know when it hits close to home or what and and they're just able to just make it real for you um that it's tough and and we're seeing that right now, but it's a lot more terms, yeah, and it's no, a lot faster and they're
2: coming They're so much faster, like I was on Twitter yesterday, and they were like, Oh yeah, eskimo is is offensive, and I was like, Goodness, okay, like it's every single day there's a new word, and every, it's like yeah. you just gotta be open you gotta, to it you
0: have to be you gotta be at the very least listen and and don't be one of those people to go um well i didn't mean nothing by it you're missing a point exactly. it's hurting someone exactly. um act accordingly mm-hmm. but uh let's i'm sorry my cousin entered the room I and don't... he's my favorite person in the world and it's weird to not acknowledge people <laughs> yes. so. what's up, <laughs> what's up?
2: <laughs> i know i'm like uh this is Tiff, i'm like i want po, to nice to
0: meet you <laughs> um but we we talked about where you come from but i want to even go back to your parents like what what your family history, like siblings and all that stuff. Mm. So where are your folks from? Where are your parents from?
2: My parents met in Oakland. Okay. My dad's from San Francisco. um My mom is from Massachusetts. They moved over here when she was like four or five. Wow. So she's been in the Bay Area. You, what, brought,
0: what brought them out, west uh,
2: That's a good question. um I think it was just really a job or something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Something like that. There's nothing that I can really think of that was like earth shattering that brought him over so i'm guessing it was like a job um for her parents um so yeah they met in oakland um they even like worked together at like the coliseum which is like one of my favorite stories in the world because i love the coliseum so
0: and they did they meet at the coliseum
2: i don't i want to say that they met like as like party friends because they were super party party (laughs) um and then they also worked at like Sees Candy together, so I don't know if they like Ooh. got jobs together, if that was a thing in the '80s or what. <laughs> but yeah, they you worked at those The party,
0: party, the '80s. Yeah, all I can think about. And party, the '80s, and in the town too. Yeah. Any? Do you have any stories from that?
2: I don't. They they don't tell them. It's I. My whole thing when I was younger was they had they got married in march and had me in august oh wow so i was always like i was accident and they're like no (laughs) you were planned. so they don't really divulge all that because i think it was so like party party that like it it's too much but the crazy thing is is like they had me at 19 and 20. wow so the party party Kept going. kept going like yeah. my dad and i have the same birthday Damn. so we'd have the kids party in the
0: daytime party yes that's actually we were having that conversation uh my cousin and i were having that conversation a couple of weeks ago when we were twisted
1: <laughs> and
0: we looked up and was like do you realize our parents all had like three of us at <laughs> this age and we're still getting this faded you yes. know and partying is hard but um that's fast they're still, are they still together no they're, they're not okay. no
2: they they went back and forth a little bit, but mostly separated once I was like eight. Hey,
0: and how many siblings?
2: Just a younger sister. Yeah. She's four years younger than okay. me, but basically she's like my child.
0: Got you, got so, you. How, yeah. how was you said eight? I think I was, I was seven. How you remember? You remember, like what? what how, that being tough?
2: It because they went back and forth it just got weird it's like what are we doing? oh it wasn't a
0: clean split they they were kind of yeah
2: it was a lot of back and forth so there was that aspect of it um but they were good as far as like the fighting and stuff like Mm -hmm. that like we didn't hear the fighting and stuff like that but i i don't want to jump the gun too much but like (laughs) so it happens like my mom has her own struggles Mm -hmm. so after that even me and my sister seeing my mom was a back and forth thing. Gotcha, so gotcha, it's gotcha. like that kind of like shape that like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this is not going to be a fan, like a, a traditional family. Traditional family. family. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And, and, I, I, you know, uh, like the, the Disney channels and Nickelodeons mm-hmm. and all that stuff, the seeing the traditional families are always wild. Cause it's like, damn, my mm-hmm. family don't look nothing like that. Nope. What is the world going to think of my family? If they ever got a glimpse, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that's uh that's always been a really uh interesting point for me to really sort of delve into when you're talking about um traditional families and what you think they should look like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and when you find out a lot of people's shit is dysfunctional behind the scenes yes. no matter what class they uh subscribe to no matter what class they fall in or none of that shit yes. so what um outside of you know your parents splitting? what what else you felt what did you feel um helped classify you guys as like a non-traditional family
2: um hmm. yeah i think just because i was raised by my dad Mm -hmm. there's that aspect of it
0: single dad single dad shit what is that like girls with a single dad too it
2: it's basically us fending Fending for ourselves in a strange (laughs) way um we had a stepmom at one point Mm -hmm. but of course you're never going to like who your parent is with. You're just not. So there was that aspect of it.
0: How soon did stepmom come into the picture?
2: Um, It was a while.
0: After? Yeah, it was a while
2: after, but still, you're you're not going to accept that. I think the other interesting thing, too, is my dad comes from a really wealthy family. Oh, shit. And my mom comes from a not wealthy family. Got it, got it, got it. So even that, as far as traditionalism, is really... Intense those
0: 20. dynamics are wow. Yeah. yeah,
2: I mean but, they're not super wealthy, but but it's, but yeah, yeah, there's there's there's, a, there's
0: clearly a difference in class and mm-hmm. and so the you know, even Even trying to bring the families together. I imagine was tough like family gatherings and shit like
2: yeah, it's just weird <laughs> And honestly, I knew this was gonna be therapeutics and it, it, it's starting out to be so quickly. I'm like, oh man like thinking about it now like I can only imagine that having to live up to something for mm-hmm. my mom probably encourage those struggles yeah, to like yeah, yeah. oh okay well i i don't really fit in here so i'm gonna do this that and this to yeah, yeah. feel better about myself and yeah, whatever so yeah, yeah it, it they're pretty accepting but mm-hmm. i can only imagine the early days and i have heard stories not about my parents but about like my dad's brothers and mm-hmm. his, bringing his wives mm-hmm. and stuff like that so
0: so yeah. what so uh, um, automatically when when were you born? Were you?
2: 89.
0: 89. Okay, same, we're the same age. Yeah. So so in similar similar our parents were similar ages too when they had us. So what I often tell people is that yeah, my parents had me at uh they were 21 and 23.
1: Mm.
0: But the partying didn't stop. No. <laughs> and so, you know, as hip hop is maturing, my parents are too mm. and they're listening to all that shit in real time. They're not I don't care if my baby in the car my dad still had 3 in his truck and would play that shit pulling up to the school. Yes. So like um ghetto boys,
1: mm-hmm.
0: public enemy, um Eric B and Rakim like like I have vivid memories of listening to that shit on my way to like kindergarten yes. and trying to uh explain to people like cuz a lot of my peers they were their parents were a little bit older so mm-hmm. they couldn't listen to uh explicit music mm-hmm. until like Eighth grade, and I'm like, fam, I've been on that shit. Like, <laughs> you know, so there was this, there was this real big gap for me and my peers. Mm-hmm. And you feel like that in a way too, because your music taste is like hella broad. Yeah. Like, you're not in a box at all. You kind of consume everything. I think that's what we bonded on too. But then also, your taste is superb. Thank is you. do you is that from early exposure? What what were your parents listening to? The do you remember? funny
2: part is, is they listen to a lot of rock music like from fleetwood mac to metallica to just wild stuff but you saying that about your parents like listening to rap Mm -hmm. my dad my mom and my mom's sister Mm -hmm. were the beastie boys
0: that's what's
2: up they each had (laughs) they each had a person that they they were (laughs) and they knew their verses front to back which is crazy because they didn't really listen to hip-hop like that but something about the Beastie boys really resonated with them the
0: the beastie boys and I seen and because my mom was a big BC boys fan. Nice. And I remember her being the my mom and she'll tell this story. Her proudest day was um my cousin and I arguing about who the best rapper was at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think we were arguing between like Snoop and Mace or some shit like that. <laughs> and I'm like, You crazy. Snoop is the greatest ever. He like, nah, Mace is you know, like and my mom was like laughing. I'm like, What you laughing at? Mm-hmm. She like, "Cause LL is the best and the Beasties are the best. And the next dad came home from school. And I had license to ill mm-hmm. and walking with a panther on my bed, and I listened <laughs> to both of those shits today broke yes. but the beasties um, in terms of what they meant to hip hop mm-hmm. um when you think about the role of the white rapper in hip hop mm-hmm. and the the sort of um access it allows for other cultures to sort of enter and kind of begin to understand this thing Mm -hmm. whatever it is and you know for the bcs you know starting this punk but they didn't really get accepted on a punk scene yeah
1: it's
0: like well let's let's go over here we can probably fit in and you know they had to switch some shit up but immediately they were able to merge those genres together and sort of become their own thing Mm -hmm. but make no mistake it was rooted in hip-hop and that that's, that, that's always beautiful to me. And, and I don't know if anyone ever articulates it like that. And I always feel like people drop the ball when they explain the importance of the role of the Beasties, Rick Rubin, and Russell Simmons and yes. what they did with that in terms of breaking it open. I think people automatically go to uh, uh, what Aerosmith and Run DMC yeah. walk this way. Mm-hmm. But I, the Beasties played a, a much more pivotal role in terms of how it landed mainstream and maybe i'm off in terms of like timeline but it feels like right around the same time if i'm not yeah, mistaken that, so. that's
2: what it definitely felt yeah. like but i
0: don't,
2: I, we, don't remember. <laughs> we don't remember you, you
0: know uh but, yeah. no that's see that's dope to me um and then so you said fleetwood mac metallica beasties you remember anything else from like your parents catalog
2: the thing is is my dad is Like I said, super into like Metallica Mm -hmm. and just real hardcore rock. But for some reason, he always had a soft spot for West Coast hip hop. So he loves Dre. He (laughs) loves Snoop. He loves Cypress Hill. Like all of the. But then like 10 minutes later, he's playing Matchbox 20 and the Goo Goo Dolls. And it's just like, wait, what? But yeah, looking back on it, like I don't really think about it very often, but that definitely shaped how i'm open to all these different things and even i think of like when asap rocky will like sample like an old rock song and Mm -hmm. i get super Super juice like i love that type of stuff so that's what i really remember and i think too there was like bands from the bay area Mm -hmm. that they super loved that they would go out and support so like thinking about it now i've never thought about this before (laughs) again like that kind of shaped it too to where it's like no like just because they're from where you're from doesn't mean you should support me you should support me even more so Absolutely. they would do like benefit concerts and all types of stuff your parents would they would go to him okay my mom like worked in bars and stuff like that so yeah. she was a part of throwing like the benefit damn. concerts
0: wow so and then how early do you remember music being a staple for you <sighs> a staple like something you i don't know because you to me outside looking in you feel damn near like codependent upon like great music yeah i'm the same way so i'm not it's not judging you in any way i'm just it's just an observation well like
2: yeah it was always there i think when i finally got into like my own like i remember being eight and listening to puff daddy and mace and being like (laughs) oh this this is mine like this is for me like this honey remix by mariah carey (laughs) like that's me like this is it so Kind of like using their musical taste to like find my own taste and be like, oh no, like this is what I want. And also like you mentioned, LL Cool J. My Mm. aunt was in love with LL Cool J, (laughs) like in love. So I got that side of it too. But she also got into like neo soul and stuff like that. So we got like Erykah Badu and then even R and B, like we got Tony Braxton. Mm. So that kind of shaped it too, to where it's like, okay, like you can like rock, but you can also like all these other things. So Yeah. yeah, I think around eight when I was like, oh
0: that's it these are
2: these are who i want to listen to these are my picks
0: as you as you go through you know middle school and then in high school how does that what are you are you just are you just a fan or are you figuring out uh the party scene what are you doing are you doing anything musically
2: Uh, no i i knew i wanted to do radio when i was 10 damn yeah i
0: that early yeah what was it what what
2: It was just, at first, when I was younger, I don't remember exactly what age, I remember I thought it was magical. Mm -hmm. I thought that everybody that (laughs) said anything was there. I didn't know that there was recordings, like, I thought it was all there. And then I just remember, like, my dad would listen to the radio all the time, whether it was sports radio or it was these great rock stations Mm -hmm. that we had in the Bay Area, KSJO. like, he was always listening to it. Yeah. So the magic mixed with, like, it always being there. I was like, that's what I want to do. Like, that's super cool.
0: Yeah. Damn.
2: But the thing is, is there was no way to do that back then. When you're 10, 12, even 15, (laughs) it's like, you can't do anything. But luckily, we had the internet. Yeah. So, uh, Kaza, LimeWire, I'm downloading all types of music. (laughs) And, you know what I mean? Like, kind of doing mix cds i never yeah. really thought to like buy a microphone and like talk, talk over, over the songs, the songs yeah. and some of my friends started doing it in high school i'm like damn why didn't i think of that but <laughs> just creating those mixes and yeah. stuff like that i never was that's, really into like partying but just creating mixes yeah. that's
0: that's such a, a a glossed over era that Man. that will i think i think we'll come back to appreciate it more share bear and like you said kazaa and mm-hmm. the napster um what am i lime yeah. and and Oh my gosh! Like <laughs> I've 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 single handedly destroyed like eight of my mom's computers <laughs> yes, doing that shit. Like, yes, just trying to just trying to be ahead of the curve and have all the dope mixes. And you look at it now. Title: Apple Music, Spotify, mm-hmm. SoundCloud. Like that. It, you know that those that moment is such an important time in history. Mm-hmm. Um, damn. So we we're at ten. You figure that out, and then what what do you do do you just like do you, how do you hold on to that At <laughs> like but that's what i guess that's what i why i said all that about the the, uh, the downloading uh sites and all that how do you hold on to that dream of being on the radio as radio's role in music changes that dramatically in that time period too
2: the crazy part is is during the kazaa and like LimeWare air, mm-hmm. I never really thought about it. Mm-hmm. I never thought like, oh, this is replacing radio or, you know, shifting yeah. radio in any sense. I didn't really think about that deeply, kind of fast wording a little bit. When I was in college and like the iPod came out uh-huh. and like iPods are super heavy, I was like super anti-ipods. Yeah. like, no, it's killing the radio. Like <laughs> we're not doing that. Like I didn't get a Mac for hella long, like all this stuff. So I figured it out later but during like the early years i never really thought of it as like a competitor or shaper or anything like that just because i guess i knew it was there but i knew i wasn't ready for it Hmm. in a sense like i like college was always instilled in me so i was like okay once i go to college get my degree then i'm gonna do it would you would you major Becca, so broadcast, okay, okay. electronic okay. communication That's arts.
0: So. so you, you, and you. So no, you were clear. Yeah. And that, and nothing swayed that. Like I'm, I'm. I guess, I guess I'm. It's not surprising, uh, knowing you and hearing this, not at all. But I'm often like, I marvel over people that are that clear, that mm-hmm. early, and stick to it. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's so many other factors, people, people projecting, um, life. Mm -hmm. happening like all these different things happening. it's like nah this is this is what i'm gonna do you know
2: (laughs) but i think that played a role i think in my life there was so much life that was happening Hmm. and there was so many changes and moves and just chaos Mm -hmm. that it was like this is the one thing that i hold on to this is this this is 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 me once i get there it's happening i just got to get through all this first and it was never a like oh i'm very tunnel vision Mm -hmm. Like it's very like, I don't really freak out. I don't really get Successful caught up in are. it. Successful
0: people are like that tunnel vision thing is like a uh, a consistent trait you see in people that it's are just so like. It's so real.
2: <laughs> it's so real. Like just, I and it's one of those things where you don't even really think about it. Yeah. Like. I can reflect back on it and be like oh I, that
0: happened yeah like
2: that happened like oh I didn't feel like I had a choice so I didn't have I, a choice like it was just go
0: I had the weirdest not it wasn't weird it was um it was actually hella therapeutic um I went to one of my best friends in the world's uh, 30th birthday mm-hmm. and my ex was there mm. but it was like we hadn't seen each other so like there's no bad blood it was love nice but we're sitting across from each other like reflecting she telling me shit, and I'm like, I don't remember none of that. Mm. Mm.
2: <laughs> oh man! Oh
0: my goodness! <laughs> I don't know, but I guess what I'm saying, what I said that to say, don't you think that shit is like a like a coping me- mechanism or oh, something yeah. like that? Okay.
2: Oh, okay. definitely. Okay. Definitely. Like <laughs> I, I can't even put some wor- into words how much I think that's a coping mechanism. I like,
0: identified that that day. I was like, oh, this is my way of of getting by, like mm-hmm. just. Just forgetting like completely trying to put it out and just keep going just keep going (laughs) just keep going
2: forward motion always oh
0: man so what uh so now now the moves are starting to make sense Mm
2: -hmm.
0: where did you do high school
2: high school i was in elk grove oh in elk grove okay so elk grove high school um
0: damn and you but damn i um you and you were there same so class of 07 right mm -hmm. i played with maybe not people from elk grove but what are the high schools around that area? Like, is, is Jesuit up there?
2: I believe so. Yeah, it's okay. Never mind. Like we Oak Park yeah, and yeah, like we, all those. Yeah, we'll be nothing.
0: <laughs> will
1: be <laughs> But
0: what? What? And and I always imagine, you know, that far north to be a world of its own musically. Um, so, what was what was what was popping in up there? Like, do you remember?
2: Here's the thing: is I didn't really even tap into the local scene in high
0: school. Oh, you still still hella just whatever mainstream was. Yeah, yeah, like yeah.
2: I had I had found the Neptunes, and I was that's <laughs> that was it. That was the end all be all. You couldn't tell me anything. I was just <laughs> I would just type in Pharrell and Kazaa and download we, everything. What
0: was the? Because I remember my first introduction to Neptunes, mm-hmm. but I'm always curious about everyone else's. What was your first Neptune that that was like clearly like oh damn this is a thing
2: it was uh excuse me miss the really? video yeah it was because i had heard things and i was like okay i like we're this but seeing the face but seeing yeah. the video and yeah. seeing that bad i was like oh okay and then just learning who he was mm-hmm. and all the different songs yeah. that he did and yeah. being with chad and then it was just like oh okay now we're here so it was so, it took me seeing him to
0: make yeah it i was i don't know what it was but i was like I think I was, this was my early, like, stubbornness setting in and, like, I was protesting a lot of shit, mm-hmm. so I was listening to, I was ODing on, like, East Coast. Mm-hmm. And somebody played me uh, Capone Noriega. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was okay, but n- something about Nori by himself was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is dope. Yes. So that fucking what, 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 oh. what, 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 what? <laughs> but the video of them being in the desert... <laughs> I remember that being the wildest shit, and then uh, just being a soup like a stand after that mm-hmm. about anything that the Neptunes did.
2: Yes, are you an A R D fan too?
0: Oh my god. Okay. That. Yes. That's that's what, but that's what did it. But I was, I was like, and I because I wrote this really long post when Raj posted that video with Pharrell mm-hmm. of of what Pharrell means to a certain type of black kid mm-hmm. that didn't subscribe to the street shit and wasn't, you know, like there's a certain like there's a certain box that the rest of the world puts us in, but there's a certain box that we put ourselves in. Mm -hmm. And something about For Real, I don't know what it was, showing up and dressing wild different Mm -hmm. than everybody else. Because you knew, at least for me, I knew um, some of the rappers came from like really great homes Mm -hmm. and like two parent homes and went to college and didn't just didn't walk talk or dress like that so it always bothered me, but then here comes this dude that's standing next to some of the grimiest niggas that has on puka shells
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and a
0: tight shirt and I'm like, <laughs> unapologetic <laughs> for, what for what it's worth he's just being himself mm-hmm. and that resonated and so I I think I I think I personally heard lap dance before i heard grinding maybe that's wrong Mm -hmm. but uh uh bt uncut was a big thing (laughs) and i think i'm almost certain i saw lap dance first but maybe that's wrong Mm -hmm. um but the two of those coinciding and like grinding being some of the most most street i've ever heard in my life Mm -hmm. and then lap dance being like this pseudo like other world yes i'm just like damn Mm -hmm. You can do all that and be confident in it mm. and it it unleash something where it's like, damn, you really can just be who you are. Like my mom my mom makes me stay at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, mom, my my mom makes me makes me behave a certain way, makes me talk a certain way. Like that's not something to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. Um and up but up until that point I can honestly say I was struggling with identity, um and trying to just figure it out. Yeah. And then this dude, Pharrell, shows up and it's just like being who he was raised to be. And that's okay. Um, but we're going off on attention. No, oh, I love Let's it, though.
1: It. <laughs>
2: I love it. No, but I, I think that experience for you is so important. Yeah. But in a smaller realm, hmm. it was kind of the same experience. Because I come from this family of people who really enjoyed rock music. Yeah. But also enjoyed a little bit of hip hop, and it's like, oh, you can we bring can, these can, two together. All yeah, yeah. And it's like, it just felt good. But also, that was my first invitation to like really like niche artists hmm. and really like small, hardcore fan groups. Yeah. And so that kind of shaped. Who I am today to be like, oh, like I I like them no matter what, and if you like them too, like we're automatically best Absolutely. friends. Like,
0: damn, that make that also makes sense too because you do. Yeah, that's my favorite part, of, and we're gonna jump ahead just for a second because that's my favorite part about your role at at a major player station. Um, like the interviews that you get in association with the brand that is Cameo because it is a brand, a very a, an historical one the the wide ass variety like you just you just had you just had prime or did was it Royce by himself it
2: was just Royce by himself but yeah
0: (laughs) but what Royce means to what Royce means to a certain group of people Mm -hmm. I get it he's not that popular on the mainstream but it's a god MC at this point like that's fact Mm -hmm. and your your knowledge of that it's like yo Royce is in town what
1: yes exactly (laughs) but
0: how early was your Scissor interview? And we, we'll get there, we'll talk more about it. But I just want to know how early that was. Oh,
2: uh, that was when she was at Oakland Music Festival. Dude, so what year was that? Twenty thirteen?
0: Yeah, that was a yeah. Damn. Okay, we we'll get back to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that you saying that opened your eyes to like really hardcore niche artists that have a really a super duper fan base mm-hmm. and what that can mean for them. Um, does that Is that what propels you into broadcast? Not now. No, you're already going to do broadcasting, Mm -hmm. but then taking it a step further with college radio.
2: Yeah. It definitely just opened up that lens, like, really just like, oh, okay, like, once I finally get into the college radio station, like, oh, I can play whatever I want. Another big factor for that was, randomly enough, even though I was going to SF State, I found myself back in Sacramento Mm -hmm. running with this group called TUS – and they were like a rap collective. Mm-hmm. And then that's how I get into just, to people like Flo and other just rappers on the scene yeah. that basically stretched from like Sacramento to Davis. And mm-hmm. that kind of opened me up to like, oh, there's Blue, there's, you know what <laughs> I mean? There's, <laughs> back then, well, Jay Davies still rocking, but like yeah. there's this whole West Coast, there's this underground hip hop, like yeah. that really opened it up. Because before I was still, even though I was like on NERD and stuff like that, it wasn't like super underground. Yeah. So then- I get to hang out with them and hear the music that they're making, but mm. also hear what they're listening to. Mm. And then that mixed with college radio, it's like, oh, it's going down. Yeah. So that experience kind of shaped that whole thing. Damn,
0: sense. that's crazy. Yeah. And then the role the role of college radio, um, think of Stretch and mm-hmm. Uh think of the early swaying tech mm-hmm. stuff. Um, there's these there's these really important sort of uh the role of college radio the college student in that in that person that um that consumer that's in that age range of like 17 to 22 Mm -hmm. is pretty specific um but i don't know how many people really understand that outside of people that work in (laughs) in radio but college radio specifically or people that work in the music industry understand the importance of that age that age demographic um what did you what did you what did you take in or what did you what did you peep visually in terms of that age group and what they responded to versus what they didn't respond to
2: well, the thing was, is I started my college radio show in 2009. Okay. And that's when the blogs were popping mm-hmm. and the West Coast was popping. Yep. Where you had, like I said, Blue J. Davy, Pac Div, yep. Dom Kennedy Scheme. Yep. All of it. So the, it's the like. The early
0: emergence of K Dot at yes, the time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that scene in itself was incredible. So you had these fans and these people who wanted to hear their songs and hear their interviews and stuff like that. So that was a major part of it was like, oh, this is something that's happening right here and it's super dope and let's talk to the people. Um, But yeah, that age group was super cool too because they're the people on the blogs. they're the people at the show, so it's like, it's, it's consistent yeah, yeah you're in the studio but you're also meeting them at events like yeah. it's very back when three you remember 330 rich yes back when 330 rich was popping <laughs> like oh my oh, oh my god
0: what um out of out of that out of that sort of because that's to me um and and i get killed for it all the time but i think the consistency of that group of people uh sort of proves that it's sort of like the it's like the, the golden era of jace mm-hmm. i guess mm-hmm. um how many of those interviews did you get do you think can you remember did you get any doms Pac-Div? oh oh yeah oh,
2: yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah no no that was that <laughs> was that was my shit yeah. um yeah like the only person i really didn't get was kendrick yeah. like i've talked to dom multiple times pack div multiple times scheme um even got blue that's, that's great.
0: That's rare. That's yeah. a, That's a, uh, a rare-ass Pokemon. Yeah. That
2: was that was difficult. Um, was it weird? Well... Be honest. The backstory... I'll tell you the backstory, and I've told this story a couple times. It's not my favorite story. But, like, we had an awkward altercation the first time I tried to interview him. Oh, wow. Because we love Blue. He makes incredible music, but yeah. he struggles with things, and, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. So, that... That was just like a loss. I was like, nope, not not ever gonna interview him again. And then, I became really close friends with Quelly Chris, mm. and he's super close with Blue. So they did a show together, and he was like, oh yeah, I can make it happen. So like he made it happen, and it. I don't remember it being super awkward, but it just.
0: Did he remember the first altercation? No, of course he, not, and I
2: didn't remind him either. Like of course that you was didn't. yeah. That, that's
0: that's crazy. Yeah. I I've heard so many stories, but I because I haven't met him. And I, and people say he was at our LA show. I didn't see him, so I choose not to believe it. But uh, I don't know. I want to just. Rem- I I just want him to be okay. Exactly. You know, like I, 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 outside of any. I don't give a shit about anything else. He yeah. he made one of my favorite uh, records ever. Yes. And, he will forever be remembered as that. Yeah, um, and
2: he looks like he's doing better. So he that's does. Good. Okay, that's I, good. I feel like altercation's a strong word. I don't, I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I need to Google what altercation actually means because I don't want to put him in some oh. kind of boat that he wasn't meant for. It was just an awkward exchange. Yeah, that and yeah. The interview didn't happen. Got gotcha. yeah, so.
0: um, <laughs>
2: But yeah, that so scene you, was so my shit.
0: That's that's dope, and, and that explains. Okay, so how do we get from there? to special as we know and love her now how do you get there
2: um here
0: to this day how does that happen
2: it's been interesting um i started interning at kml while i was doing my radio show wow. at sf state um and i because i knew from the jump that's where do. i needed to be i needed to be in that college radio station and i needed to be <laughs> at kml yeah i just knew and so had to take all the gd classes and just like just kept going forward like yeah. we're gonna get there um so yeah those both start at the same time january of 2009 yeah. um and then within six months which is not how the program was supposed to go but within six months i get in the studio as an intern Wow. for the mansion show which is saturday nights midnight to 5 How
0: 8:00. why do you know why they chose you or what happened did Was it just timing?
2: The internship program was just interesting. You had a lot of people who took it super seriously. You had some people who were here today, gone tomorrow. Shout out to Cool John. He interned for like a day and a half. (laughs) But he was destined for greater things, so I'm not bad at him. But I love to remind him every time I see him. like, oh, I remember when you were there. So I guess I just took it really seriously because that was exactly where I wanted wanted to be. And I was just happy to be in that building. Because especially back then, there was so much prestige with cameo
0: it. yeah yeah that's like, a big deal it's still a. I don't care what people say it's still a big deal yeah me. and yeah.
2: It, it, it's still a big deal in a sense but like for a college kid like yeah coming from the bear like it was just intense so i guess yeah they just saw some type of seriousness in me wow. so yeah
0: how much how much turnover because that's what i hear the horror <laughs> stories about radio the turnover is crazy so how much how much of the turnover have you experienced since being there
2: well, with interns, it was like night and day. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was, it was incredible. Um, <laughs> We're lucky. I mean, with KMEL, we're recognized as a heritage station. We're recognized as, you know, the market for that we are. Yeah. So not too much. I think here and there, but nothing that I can super remember and nothing that really like impacted me. Mm-hmm. So... Nothing too crazy, luckily.
0: Something that's sort of manifested on its own in the last few episodes is like asking people about their awareness of certain narratives mm-hmm. surrounded by either either them or the entity that they're associated with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I I did it with uh Javit and uh Kuya and about HPK and some of the things that surrounded them. How many how many of the narratives surrounding KML are is everyone in the building aware of? Um uh, let's. I guess the 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 general the general thing that's attached to radio mm-hmm. in terms of oh they don't play what the people really want that's they play a playlist you know like all the weird all the weird stuff that's like duh like yeah. you know but then the sort of change of the guard in terms of how prestigious the station once was. Mm-hmm. And like what it is now, like that's a lot of pressure yeah. on some of the great personalities that are there now. Like mm-hmm. to me, personality wise, everyone up there is special. That's mm-hmm. just how that's just how I feel. Like mm-hmm. some really great personalities. But I also do remember the days of Rennell, yeah. uh, Franz and Trace Dog and and Chewy and like I and uh Rick Lee and all like all that mm-hmm. shit. Is everyone aware of like the pressure or not? it's not not pressure. That's not the right word. But like the the prestige around the station like that. I guess that's what it is. Like yeah. it's just it's just a, a sway like.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Is that.
2: No, it is definitely there. And I think that's like the prestige aspect is kind of what keeps us going mm-hmm. when we start to feed into all those other things that you mentioned as far as like oh they don't play the bay they don't do the they you know what i mean like there has to be something that keeps you going so to remember that this is a heritage station and we were the first summer jam and Mm -hmm. you know i mean Mm -hmm. we have all these accolades and so many great things and tupac interviews and all types of stuff like that's kind of what keeps us going when people want to say negative things towards it so you kind of just have to balance those things but it's like yeah like we're we're very in tune and there is like a big pride aspect to be Mm -hmm. like no like this is cameo like okay that other hip-hop station or this other (laughs) hip-hop station cool (laughs) like this is us this is what we do so yeah no it it really it takes us through it it helps us travel
0: that's dope man um and and in terms of like present day and the role that you play um i hope you realize it but I I I sort of identified it immediately in talking we talked about your SZA interview and a few of your other like some great interviews just with guests you were able to think about that necessarily weren't on their radar and and rightfully so you know they you know it's it's top 44 reason they that the numbers are there and, I, and that's always my beef like people act like the numbers don't support this mm-hmm. shit and they, they clearly do yeah. you know but you're sort of allowed to maintain what you got in the building on and like identifying early, early, early talent and people that actually mean more than some of the people that are, that are in the hot 100, you know, Mm -hmm. um, do you see that manifesting in any, in any, um, in any other way, uh, beyond, special delivery in 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 your in your in your your mix show like are you gonna is it do you do you foresee that
2: interestingly enough when i first started interning it was two completely separate things to me wow like i saw it as okay this is the radio show i do these are the people that i play this is where i intern at Mm -hmm. because i think spending time with people like big Vaughn, i see so many people trying to pitch him records and trying to come on do this do that and it's like i don't ever want to be that person (laughs) like i think when i first started i was like super big on j cole and so i kind of pushed it but like i knew i would bring him up not necessarily push him but there was always a separation and then for a while i was just doing my thing they would do their thing and i was still an intern so i wasn't even trying to get involved with like doing interviews there and stuff like that kind of backtracking but kind of in the yeah yeah. so i left went to new york Mm -hmm. that didn't work out came back ended up getting hired back during that time i'm thinking of other segments to do and other Mm. things because interviews at that point had just gotten so run of the mill I was bored with them I was bored watching other people doing them I was bored (laughs) doing them myself like it was just like there has to be something else so I think of special education Mm. which is my game show and by that point like me and Vaughn had a super cool repertoire like Mm. it was good so once I get back in the building he starts throwing me people Mm. and I'm like oh snap like raekwon big crit like what like yeah. <laughs> what did i do to deserve this like this is incredible so we do that for a while and that mindset is super like oh i need to be around the biggest artists and interview like the biggest people and i was just stuck on that
0: yeah
2: it wasn't until like the last two years or so that i was like no like i miss that college radio i miss just being
0: these, being early on shit. Yeah, yeah. and
2: yeah. well that was still what I was listening to in my spare time and I'm like why can't this just be one thing? Absolutely. So, it took me a while to come back to it, but once I finally came back to it, I'm like, "Oh, this makes sense." Yeah. And like now it's starting to make sense like for example, Siza like she did Oakland Music Festival. I reached out to her personally, but then now when Siza comes back, my boss is like, "You're going to do this, right?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Hell yeah, <you." laughs> of like, course I am." Like, what? Okay. Yeah. So, and I mean it's still I think there's a lot of like misconceptions with it. Like Mm -hmm. I still book at this point now that I'm back to where I want to be with the quote unquote underground. Like Mm -hmm. I'm booking like 80% of these interviews, like things getting thrown at me. There was that time period with Vaughn where that was incredible, but things don't get thrown to me as often as you would think. I
0: I, I know firsthand you reached out to us. And it was it was love, and you genuinely cared and supported. But then I was like, I was looking at everyone else you interviewed, and I was like, that's wild, you know, to be to be sort of grouped in that. But that was that was always like my thought process of like. Um, my favorite thing about uh, Rosenberg at Hot ninety seven mm-hmm. was sort of his early rise yes. and how how on. The college radio circuit and like the underground shit he was, and then as his you know as he started to climb, his energy and the time he was able to allocate towards the shit that sort of made that made that whole world make sense and how early he was on a lot of artists, mm-hmm. Um, it subsided and it all and it always made me feel some type of way. But I get it, you know, you can't hold on to people forever. They gotta level up and they gotta evolve. But I'm always curious to why like yo the advocates that get in the building like they could be the biggest like voices for like not letting this shit get as far away from its roots as it can when it becomes 100 percent corporate Mm -hmm. as opposed to maintaining some balance you know and like some some exchange and i think that's the one thing the quote-unquote golden era had on this era was, like, the balance mm-hmm. of, like, well-polished, like, mainstream shit versus, like, street samples and, like, B-sides and stuff that mm-hmm. would break because somebody was like, yo, nah, this shit is fire. Yes. The world needs to hear it. And a lot of times people was, like, risking their job and shit, so I wouldn't <laughs> ask anyone to risk their job yeah. to play a <laughs> fucking song.
1: Like, um,
0: but I wonder, I wonder where the space lies for people to sort of go, no, I genuinely love this genre and what it's done for me mm-hmm. i want to make sure i you know i do my part to get back and i i i don't know is that a lot to ask of radio as it because it's it does sound like a bitter artist i know i know i know i sound like a mad rapper right now but no um but,
2: <laughs> but on my side of it i completely understand it you know what i Got mean you. because i do listen to so many of these artists and i'm like Wait, what, huh? yeah it's it like i that's the problem is like I don't have an answer for that question, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. like it is so determined on so many, so things, many things and absolutely. so just it's just become weird, honestly, <laughs> but it yeah, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, but
2: no. but my thing is is my hope is always. Like I'll reach out to some people and they'll be like, "Oh, well, th- is this gonna be on air?" And I'm like, "Well, oh, no, it's, no. Just, it's just my little podcast, <laughs> my little video show." Yeah. But it's like my hope is that that kind of opens the door. Yeah. Like I'm hoping that people that I work with are actually checking out what I'm doing and yeah. seeing those people next to me, and you know what I mean. Absolutely. Like I I want those doors to be opened in that way. It's so where it's like, okay, I think you're dope. Somebody else is gonna think you're dope. Absolutely. And it goes from there. So. Absolutely. To me it's really like an opening door yeah. type thing.
0: And that's what and that's what I wanted to commend you on and why I really wanted to have you on the show is because exactly what I and, and and it's all and I hate when people personalize and say, Well, I think it should be this, but I do have a specific thing about how, you know, certain things should be represented inside this genre in particular. Mm-hmm. And adversaries are the biggest component and so what you do with your show you know because you could do anything with that slot you could do anything you wanted to but you you chose to be a voice and be on the side of these artists that are hoping for a break and that's a big fucking deal like when you think about I mean because we don't have the luxury of just stopping and appreciating the moment but like I watched that Stretch and Bobito documentary, mm, and so good. I want I I wonder, it makes me sad that they didn't get to appreciate that shit in a moment. Like mm-hmm. it was just it was just a it was just dope to them. Yeah. And how many people did they break, you know? And so the day of people being broke, is like getting on a playlist now, mm-hmm. you know. And I miss the days of an artist getting broke being like. On the radio, yeah, and but it still you, happens a little still bit. Ha- it still no, it, do, it does still happen. It <laughs> does like you've seen it with Sobr, like mm-hmm. like that was that like I've never been so proud in my yes. life. Like them them kids, like to get that much support, but to get that much support from the radio, mm-hmm. like it started like KML, like is the reason for that. Like the internet partially, but it was the first time the internet and the radio came together. Mm-hmm. At least to me,
1: yeah,
0: I could be wrong in that, but it felt like the internet and the radio, like. I heard that song on the radio before I heard it on the internet. Mm. And I know a lot of people heard it on the internet first. Yeah. But I was just in traffic like what is this and why have I heard it seven times? This is awesome, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but I but what you do and you know the it it feels it it I know you don't probably don't see it as heroic, but I see it. I definitely see it as heroic cuz I know how hard it is. Um I are not that's not true. I imagine how hard it is mm. is a better uh, way of phrasing that. I imagine it to be very hard to believe in something as much as you seem to believe in just great music and and to be but to be bound what for everybody else in the building to be bound by like you know, nah, this is what we probably should be doing You're like and you and you really are making an effort to bridge those worlds together and it's dope.
2: Yeah, I think, like, when I think about that, I think about Royce. And, like, I didn't ask Royce this, but I was thinking about it as I was, like, doing research. Mm -hmm. And, like, he is such an advocate for hip-hop being hip-hop and Mm -hmm. strong lyricism. And he just really, like, champions it and, like, takes it very personally. Mm -hmm. But I don't think... He realizes it. I think that it's just part of him, and that's just just how he feels. So it's like even like you saying all these very nice things. (laughs) I'm just like this is just. This is me. (laughs) Yeah, like this is just where my heart is. Like two years ago, when I was like, oh no, like I want to get back to the quote unquote underground. Like that just felt right, and everything here has just felt right. And it's to me, it's not really like. Oh, this is what I'm doing. Like, ah, ooh, ah, it's just like, no, this is this is what I like today. Hopefully, you like it too, and you know what I mean. And for the people who aren't in the scene, like, hopefully, they discover it and Absolutely. find something that they like. So it's really like, oh, this is like you said, like, oh, you could do anything with it. It's Like, I, I, this is all this I, is I can all think I of. Do. Like, <laughs> this is this is it. So it's just really what makes sense to me. Like, it's it's never really like a bigger thing like it's just like oh this is what i like hopefully i can sit down with this person and ask them the questions i have when i listen to their album and maybe i'll do a game show with them and (laughs) kind of blow them away and we have a good time you know
0: that's it um i won't keep you hella long but i do we could go for hours (laughs) i am i one thing i really wanted to get to is like um big picture goal for you um what do you see
2: that's an interesting question because within the last six months it's completely shifted wow and i think that's
0: wait why why i'm sorry
2: why has it sh- Oof! i guess it shifted because radio has shifted
0: got it got
2: it when i was 10 years old there was so much anonymity mm. with it there was so much of a uh, mystique and you know what I mean? Now like, you I, gotta,
0: now you gotta be the face. Yeah. yeah, and
2: like, I would go to like, A's root beer float day mm. and you'd be in the elevator and you're like, you hear a voice and you're like, oh, that's so-and-so, <laughs> I had no clue. That, look, that was the best to me. So the anonymity it's gone. is gone. Okay. And like, even my throwback logo is like a silhouette of me because I was all about the anonymity. Mm. But once the internet started popping, I gotta get in front of the camera. I gotta mm. do all these things yeah. that I did love at one point. But now I'm realizing what I really love and I really love being creative and telling these stories and asking these questions and creating these communities. So yeah, it's shifted because radio shifted and it's kind of shifted into, I think I want it to be more of a brand Mm. because I spent so much time trying to be that personality and being in front of the camera and everything that comes with that and it was great and wonderful and incredible but that's not me Hmm. like i love just being creative and not having to spend 10 to 30 minutes getting all dolled up to sit in front of a camera i'd rather sit behind it and ask questions and you know what i mean and use my energy to make it more creative and more themed and you know what i mean do more research and whatever that entails so yeah just really creating more of a brand instead of being this personality, cause it's just I don't, and there's so much of it, and it's so problematic, and there's just so many things that come with this personality thing are that you, doesn't match
0: up. Are you open with discussing like your thoughts about Breakfast Club and Angie Martinez and stuff like that? Do, did that do they? I don't know. Do do people in radio? look at like other personalities and other shows the way other rappers might listen to other rappers and shit like that and like have opinions and
2: um in a sense like i know that i super look up to angie martinez mm-hmm. and all the people especially the women in my building look up they to do. her That's yeah good. That's like dope. we we have heroes and you know what i mean sway and all right. these people um but I don't consume it. You
0: don't consume I got it. You don't have time, right?
2: Yeah, and it's just like, especially because, not to be all high and mighty, but like, because I don't really like traditional interviews anymore. I mm. just don't, it's just not necessary to me. Plus, like, there's a certain, like, toxicness, the the agendas. It's
0: clear. It's very clear. Okay. I just want, yes. you don't have to say anymore. I just wanted to know. If I was off base in any way, I
2: think other people do. I think some people do, mm-hmm. but me personally, but also I'm not to so be behind my again. But I'm the person who hasn't had a TV since 2010. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like to and I think that comes from going to school for media. Yeah, there's certain types of media that you either see through or you just don't enjoy Got or it. what have you. So I think there's the- there's pockets of it, but a lot of the people at that radio station are so busy doing their own thing that oh. the time it takes to consume that stuff just it doesn't even make sense. That's so yeah.
0: Um, I want to leave, um, cause I, I wish probably should have ended it before that question, but I'm glad we got, cause that reminded me of something else. Mm-hmm. But, uh, your, um, your, your role for women in, in media and women in the industry at all. Um, what is that? Has that been, has that been a, has it always been a focus for you? Um, and how has it shifted? Um, I think- and I'm, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm only, and I'm only asking because you know the, the I had this weird ass moment where the privilege, the male privilege, especially in this industry had never really been clear to me until doing this podcast. Mm where someone DM'd you, emailed you, like, hey, can you come do this? Yeah, I'm on my way. Uh, Anissa Strings, Fiza Farah, um, some of the women that I've had been like, of course, come. Uh, but they got to kind of do research and bring somebody with them and mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm like, oh, damn. Like, Something as simple as going to do a podcast interview um, that may or may not be beneficial to my own journey. I can't just pull up like that. I don't know you like that, bro. Like, you know, um, and so I, I'm just trying to become like way more aware of little shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so just for the sake of dialogue with people that I'm fans of, but I, that have but that are operating in the same male arrogant ass industry, and that that I that I that is clear as day how how have you maneuvered in your role is that is that a point of emphasis for you or is it just like you just do you're just doing you
2: i think it comes and goes like there's certain people that you kind of take in differently like you you're just way more aware of just weird things that people do and you're like oh no no like but i think for me a lot of it has really been like just go 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 keep going but i think as a woman like it's always in the back of your mind always like it's just really like oh okay wait what are we doing so it's just and i mean there's no way to really like describe it and go about it but Mm -hmm. like you know we have to be a thousand percent professional all the time and it's like that's not a way to combat it and that's not an excuse or what have you Mm -hmm. but it's like that's only really one thing that you can really keep up but it's like even that's bullshit sometimes you know what I mean like because what's professional you may not be professional to me just different expressions and things like that so yeah I think it's always in the back of our minds but I think for me personally like it is such a like go 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 Mm -hmm. thing and you know what I mean like i do have the radio station so it's kind of like a safe space yeah in a sense so i don't really worry about that but like yeah like going to shows and having to stay until afterwards Mm -hmm. and like oh can we do this in my hotel room no we actually can't we're gonna do this (laughs) backstage you know what i mean like just seeing things differently absolutely in a sense
0: absolutely well especially Tiff, thank you um not for for being on the show obviously but everything you just work, you work extremely hard and you're constantly thinking of the artist and god bless you
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you for being on the show
2: no thank you for having me like if you guys didn't catch it like I'm such a big fan of the show <laughs> like I love themes and storytelling and creativity so it's like i'm a fan so when you're like oh come through i'm like oh my god really like me little old me like you want to talk to me like so thank it's, you
0: you fit you fit the uh, like the you fit the mold of what the show is sending around so thank you thank you
2: Man. it's lit
0: <laughs> that's how we go into the podcast because she didn't know i was recording <laughs> Thank you for listening to my episode with Special. And be sure to check out her podcast, Special Delivery Podcast with Special. That was hella specials and special deliveries. You know what I meant. Uh, Follow her on Instagram. All all that shit will be in the description. See y'all next week. Peace.